Our scripture for this morning comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers, constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you, not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has become known, so that we have no need to speak about it. For the people of those regions report about us what kind of welcome we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath that is coming. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. I got to tell you, online learning is tough especially when you've been out of school for a while. You know, you start having to go back and revisit some of these things. And, you know, learning is hard enough when you're in a classroom with 20 other uh, people trying to learn. But doing it online, it's, it's even harder, in my opinion, because there's just nobody else around. It's you and the computer, and everybody else is kind of somewhere far away. And you have to keep yourself motivated. You have to keep yourself focused. You have to keep yourself on task. I mean, I don't know how some of these kids do it. I mean, it's hard to stay focused when you're having to do it online. And I have to tell you, I'm a visual learner. I like to see uh, what I'm learning. But I'm a visual learner that was used to the old-fashioned blackboard where the teacher wrote everything down and you could go up there and ask questions and you could work out the problem on the bulletin board and they could point out where you were messing up. In subjects like math, this is, this is really important because a lot of times, if there's so many people online, you can't even ask the question, how do I do this? You end up having to go to your favorite teacher, Google, who resolves most of your problems by just giving you the answer but doesn't always tell you how to got it. And you see, that's one of the problems. It really makes it hard for us to really know how to do things because the example is not explained. The problem is resolved, but you don't know how you got from the problem to the answer. In our scripture today, we find Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica 
because he wants them to continue to learn and grow in the faith in his absence. In a way, you could say that Paul was concerned for them because he had to leave town in a hurry, which it wasn't odd for Paul. He got in trouble all the time. People started running him out of town, and he ended up having to jump from town to town to town. The problem here was that he had only been there about three weeks. He had only just gotten started instructing the, the people in that church how to be Christian, how to believe in Jesus Christ, how to practice their faith, and he, he gets run out of town. And so he's not able to sit down with them and have the kind of instruction that he really wanted. In a way, you could say the Thessalonians were the first Christians that practiced distance learning. Because Thessalonians received the first letter that Paul wrote in the New Testament. This is one of the first letters, we believe the first letter, that Paul wrote to a church as he was doing his missionary work. And so... He can't be there. There's no Zoom. There's no Microsoft Teams. There's no Skype. He can't go there. So what does he do? He does the only thing he can. He sends a letter through some of his coworkers so that they can receive some instruction and persevere in the faith. He knew that they were going through persecution because he himself had been run out of town and they lived there. This was their home. They couldn't just pick up and leave and, and, and lose everything. They had to endure and stay put. And so, in a way, Paul is writing them this letter because he wants to let them know that he is still thinking about them, that he is still trying to, to instruct them. He's still trying to form them as Christians. And he begins by telling them that he always remembers them with thanksgiving in his prayers, that he's thankful for them, that he is glad that God brought him to them and that they were so open to receiving the gospel. He was so thankful that when the Jews turned him away, the Gentiles opened up their hearts and received the word that he brought about Jesus Christ being the Savior of the world. And he tells them, I am so thankful that this happened. I am so thankful that God brought me to you. And when I think about you, here are some things that I am very thankful for. You see, whenever we think about Thanksgiving, we, we always have very specific things we are thankful for. Around the Thanksgiving table, you know we do this, right? We share like what we're thankful for. And everybody says, and one of the favorite ones, what? Family, right? We all have our specific things that we're thankful for. And Paul was saying, here are three things that when I think of the people of Thessalonica, when I think of you as a church, when I think of you as a body of believers, these are the three things that I am thankful for. He says, I am thankful for your work of faith. See, Paul remembers that when he brought the gospel to the city, and he was rejected by the Jews. They received them, but they didn't just receive the word of faith. They didn't just receive the gospel. They began to actively work to take that gospel into their lives and to begin to be transformed from the inside out. 
It is faith in us that leads to transformation. But that faith is moved by our work because we begin to put it into action. We don't just say we believe in Jesus. We begin to live as those who follow Jesus Christ. And that begins a work of faith in us. The second thing that Paul says he's thankful for is for their labor of love. They loved Paul for being the bearer of the good news to them. They loved him and protected him when the Jews were seeking him out to try to put him to death or bring him to the authorities. They, they helped them. In fact, one of them got in trouble because the mob couldn't find Paul, so they went into this guy's house, and he didn't snitch. He didn't tell them where Paul was. You see, it was a labor of love. They loved Paul for bringing them the good news of Jesus Christ. And the third thing he was so thankful for was their steadfastness of hope. He remembers that even though the road got difficult very fast, even though they immediately faced persecution and difficulties because of this new faith, even though there was a price to be paid for being followers of Jesus, the people in the church of Thessalonica remained firm in their hope in Jesus Christ. Paul says that their hope was solidly placed on the return of Jesus for them, and that it was this hope that he was so proud of. Now, unlike some of the other churches that Paul served, which gave him major headaches because they had all kinds of problems going on, Paul says that the church in Thessalonica was one that gave him reason to be thankful for when he prayed. Instead of when he prayed, having to think about all of this list of things that God needed to work on with the Thessalonians, he was able to bring out praise and thanksgiving to God because they were getting some things right. They were doing what they were supposed to do. They were facing persecution and not backing up. They were continuing to spread the gospel in that town under the most difficult of circumstances. And Paul tells them, I just know that God chose you to receive this gospel. When, when we share Jesus with someone, I want to tell you that it's not by coincidence. It's not by chance. It is by divine intervention. It is part of God's plan that we will witness to others about our faith in Jesus Christ. You see, God had already been preparing them. God had already been reaching out to them through the Holy Spirit before he called Paul to come over to them to bring them the good news. And Paul understood that God had called them to be the church in that town and for those people that lived around them. Paul knew that they had been invited to become heirs of salvation. How does he know this? He says, when I preached, you guys received the Holy Spirit. You guys received power from above. You guys showed that God was already working there with you. 
And when that power came over you to convict you, you turned away from your idols. You changed your course. You turned towards God. He said, I know you were chosen by God at that moment because I could see the evidence of your faith because you began to change and to turn towards God. Paul was so happy about this because there's, there's such a great feeling when you share the gospel and it is received by those God has chosen to be blessed by it. I want to ask you a question today. Do you know that you are chosen? That God chose this very moment to have me share this word with you through this very medium so that you could receive the blessing of the Holy Spirit did you know that the Holy Spirit is here to work in you and in me as we share this worship, as we share this scripture together? Do you know that right now God is giving you the power to have faith and hope in Jesus Christ that will transform your life from the inside out? Because I want to tell you that it's not a coincidence that you're watching this service. It is God it has been working in your heart and in your spirit that got you to watch it. Do you know that if you receive with joy the inspired word by the Holy Spirit, the word will motivate you to become a disciple and a follower and a student of Jesus Christ. It will begin to change you from the inside out. See, the Thessalonians had experienced this in their own lives. They had literally lived it. They had been there and seen what the Word of God can do when it brings hope and joy into your heart. And the Word of God had, had had such an impact on them that the Scripture tells us that they had sounded forth the gospel from them to the whole region, that people far and wide in Macedonia, in Achaia, and throughout the region of Asia had heard about these believers that had began their journey with Jesus Christ. You see, they weren't known for their church being rich. Macedonia was one of the poorer churches of all the churches that Paul started. They weren't known for their size. Their church was not the biggest. It wasn't a mega church. It wasn't, you know, the one with a big building. They didn't have buildings back then. They just met in houses. It wasn't known for all the, all the good works that they had done in the community because they had just barely gotten started in testifying to their faith in Jesus Christ. They were known for the three things that Paul is thankful for, for their work of faith, for their labor of love, and for their steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. When people thought about the Thessalonians, these are the things that they remembered, just like Paul did. They were able to point to these things and go, wow, how can they do this in the face of so much difficulty? Reports of the Thessalonians' faith and work in the Lord were so widespread. It, there was so common knowledge that Paul says to them, we don't even have to talk about it because when we get somewhere, they've already heard about you guys. 
Your, your reputation has already preceded you. They're already talking about what God is doing in Macedonia, in Thessalonica, what God is doing in your church. They're already referencing your faith and your steadfastness and your hope in Jesus Christ. They already know that you have continued to be firm despite the persecution. You know, there's an old song from the 90s that says, let's give them something to talk about. And what the, what the people in this church had done is they had given the whole region something to talk about. They had given a witness to the point that everyone knew about what God was doing through Jesus Christ in their midst. And I want to ask you, is your faith so well known that people talk about it? Is it so well known that people think about your testimony and your faith and they give thanks to God for you, for what you have experienced in your faith journey, what, for what God has done in your life and in their lives through you sharing of that testimony? Do people, when they pray, think about you and go, thank you, God, for Brother Mike or Brother John? Do they think about you in this way? And who is thankful today for your story of faith and for your journey of faith? Who is it that is praying right now and saying, Lord, just thank you for them because they have helped me in my journey? You know, we don't do things to receive praise from people. That's not why we do it. That's not the purpose of it. As Christians, we know it's not about us. It is about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is about the work of faith, our labor of love, and our steadfastness of hope in Jesus Christ. But in order for those things to be communicated, we have to have a witness to others. We have to show them that we're disciples of Jesus Christ, but more than just show them how we got, the, you know, the answer, we have to show them what, that we were in trouble. We have to show them that we were a problem to be solved, that there was a situation in our lives that needed redeeming, that we were sinners needing Jesus Christ and a Savior that we needed to be found because we were lost in our own darkness. Paul was saying, you have served as an example to the people of the whole region when they're looking to see what a person of faith in Jesus Christ is. They're looking to you because you have shown them what it's like to follow Jesus. I have often said this, but I, I bears repeating because I think it's true. Someone out there needs to hear your story. Someone out there needs to know the work of faith, your labor of love, and your steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody needs to know how your faith has sustained you through these pandemic times and how you have continued to persevere in the faith through everything that you've been through in your life. And if you don't share that story, that someone will not be able to say their prayer of thanksgiving 
for having had you intersect their lives. Someone still needs to know that Jesus is enough. That Jesus is more than enough. And that they can make it through what they're going through because Jesus has pulled other people through their muck and through their darkness and through their illness and through their troubles. And he has brought them to the other side. People need to see an example in us of what it means to persevere in difficulties, in trials and temptation, through persecutions and adversities. They need to see it, but they also need somebody to explain it to them, to let them know that we too have been in the valley and needed to be brought back up to the mountaintop that we too have walked a difficult path and needed somebody to redirect our steps. That we too have needed redemption from our sin and from being lost in our own ways. When Paul prayed for this church, he was just thankful that they were continuing to go on despite of what came against them. Today, my prayer for you is that you are persevering in your faith, that you are about these three things, the work of faith, the labor of love, and the hope in Jesus Christ, and that you continue to persist in those three things and to tell others that if you can do it with God's help, they can do it too. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this letter from Paul to the Thessalonican church. I thank you that he wrote them such a, such a great letter detailing the things that he was thankful for in their faith journey. I ask, O oh Lord, that this will help inspire us in our own faith journey, that we will tell others our story, our struggles, that we will share with them and be vulnerable before them to let them know that we too have been at those low places and that we have been redeemed by Jesus Christ. Help us, O oh Lord, simply to continue to share our stories in ways that touch people's lives and bring them to salvation in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.